brilliantly acrobatic save. Shaka's corner, Shiro! Starting with an attacking play on the second half, just as the ball kicks off, DJ sticks running with the ball, DJ sticks passes, DJ Stones, wow, DJ Stones run past Leonel Messi, runs past Cristiano Ronaldo, passes to Fernandino, Fernandino passes back to DJ Stones, DJ Stones takes a shot and he misses, but DJ sticks is there for the rebound and he gets it in and wow! That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is classic play and this is the VAR Show! Welcome, 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 welcome to another exciting, exciting installment of the V-A-R show with your host who does the most, even when he's making toast, DJ Stones. Yeah, we have a lot, a lot installed for you today. We are going through a lot, hey? Like, I feel like there's a lot that happened in football this past week. Uh, just this week alone, and uh, I don't even know where to start, but I know where you're going to start, listening to this hot tune. Yo, how's everybody doing? My name is C. Living the Second, and you're listening to Active FM.
I don't know. I think I finally found out where to start this whole conversation, this whole topic, you know. Jumping straight into the biggest action that is out there. That is the UEFA Champions League, you know, having the first um, parts of the round of 16 happening this week, this past weekend. It was fire, you know. It was actual fire that happened. The first match I want to look at is the Leipzig versus uh, Liverpool game, which was an awesome game. Liverpool finally getting back to a winning way. Winning 2-0. You know, who would have thought, who would have thought Liverpool in this season will beat a big team 2-0, you know, with the currently, current struggling form they've been in, it was a real shocker. Well, it wasn't a shocker, you know. It's a non-Premier League side, just, I'm just saying, you know. Uh, but they, 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 they came out looking well, they came out looking strong. Great, uh, great chances from both sides, missed, you know. Uh, possession, obviously, going to Liverpool's side as uh, Liverpool generally play a more possessive game than Leipzig. Um, very close pass accuracies from from both, and a goal coming from both uh, Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. You know, it was it was it was a really good game overall. It was just good to see players like Thiago looking like the type of player they bought and not the type of player they've been having. You know. Uh, it's finally nice to see that side of Thiago. Then the second match around that same t- on that day was the PSG versus Barcelona game. So, you know, just looking at the lineup, you know, um, they had Gerard Piquet and uh, Disc. These two players haven't really been. Piquet hasn't played for some time uh, with with Barcelona because of an injury. Disc hasn't really started games and he's been in and out of the of the team. And those are the two people they put into defense. And they are defending the side that Kylian Mbappe will be going through. So just overall, the game was quite disappointing from Barcelona's perspective. Scoring only one goal, which came from a penalty. And then four goal, uh, they lost four goals. Uh, so PSG scored four goals and a hat-trick from Kylian Mbappe. You know, uh, PSG were playing counter-football against uh, Barcelona. Uh, irregardless of, 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 of that factor, Barcelona carried on playing a high-line football. They carried on pushing forward. They did not try to counter, play counter-attack. They did not go defensive. They were just playing high-line football with slow players, players who couldn't track back, you know. And that's the serious thing here. Like, if you're playing good defenders, uh, if you're playing against a team that's countering and they're fast in their counters, you can't play a high line if your defenders are not going to be fast to, to pull him back. And that's how they were getting caught, you know, switch plays from the center to the wings. And they were, that's how they got caught Moises King's goal. It was from a switch, switch in play. You know, Kylian Mbappe's first goal, it was for a switch in play, you know, and... They never looked out for those type of stuff. So PSG coming out with 16 shots to Barcelona's 12 shots. Nine on target for PSG and four on target for Barcelona. Possession going to Barcelona with 53 to 47. So you see, they were playing counter football most most of the game and it, it, it did them well. And now going into the away fixture, they need to now climb a whole mountain. They have to now beat them 3-0 in order for them to qualify for the next round of the UEFA Champions League. 
and I don't see that happening. I'm sorry. I, I can't see that happening, you know. Uh, it's going to be a hurdle, you know. Maybe they've done it before. I remember, I think it was 2016 or 2015, one of the two, where they, 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 came, they did a spectacular comeback, you know. But I don't see that happening this year, you know. This was the same team in the last knockout that they had with, um, with, with, within the UEFA Champions League. They lost 8 to Bayern Munich, which was the semifinals last season. And now in the next knockout phases, they're losing 4-1 to, to PSG. And their one goal was by a penalty. So it's not even like a thing of it was an open play goal. And this is serious stuff. You know, Barcelona needs to do some heavy changes coming into this whole, um, this whole summer transfer. If they need to dump Messi so they can have enough finances to fix their team, they need to. Because this is a team that once upon a time were on top of the world, you know. This was a team that if you drew them in the UEFA Champions League um, semifinals or quarterfinals or round of 16, it was supposed to be a challenge. You know, this game was supposed to be decided in the away fixture, but it already looks like it was taken to bed now in the in the in the home fixture. You know, and that's 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 the problem we're having now with Barcelona. But from one wonder kid to another wonder kid, as Borussia Dortmund beat Sevilla three two, Erling Haaland bagging two goals. You know, the man, the myth, the legend, the robot himself. You know, the machine, Erling but Haaland. You know, bagging in two goals. You know, and it was an interesting game because you know a lot of their goals came in first half, and I felt like second half they fell asleep a bit, or Sevilla's defense tightened up the whole lot more. But again, this is Borussia Dortmund. You know, a team known for their young players, a team not. You know, when when you're seeing Dortmund in UEFA, it's it's not as a threat. You know, it's not as much as it's not as a it's not as the t- same type of threat as. Drawing a Barcelona, you know. Um, Sevilla, for me, would have been the stronger side-ish going into this whole thing. Uh, reason being is they generally more a, what's the word, a more experienced when it comes to uh, silverware and stuff with their time in the Europa. But they, they, they kind of were outplayed, you know, first half. They, they were outplayed during the first half, and Dortmund made the most out of the opportunities they got, you know. Um, Second half, Sevilla came alive, but they should have, they should, they could have done more. And now it all goes back to their game uh, away by at Dortmund. So will, will can Dortmund hold this up? All, all Sevilla needs to do is win that game one 0 and they through. You know, Dortmund needs to ensure that they have a goal bagged in early. The earlier the goal, the the the, the less stress they are in. You know, make sure that they're not the ones who are trying to play catch up. That's the important factor of the of the evening. You know. They let, if they draw 1-1 one, one or 2-2, two, two, they, they know they're safe. But they should ensure that they're not playing catch-up. Because once you play a team like Sevilla, once you play catch-up against a team like Sevilla, so if they let Sevilla score the first goal and Sevilla decides to go into like a lockdown defense type thing, it will be very hard because Sevilla is very, very good in defense. You look at their game against United last season in the, in the semifinals of Europa. You know, they got that goal and they locked their defense. You know, no matter how, how tired the defense was and how tired the other teams, opposition teams' attack was, they couldn't break through. So that's the best thing that they can do. A uh, shocker was Porto beating Juventus 2-1. You know, people thought that Ronaldo was going to go to his home, you know, and go to his home city of Portugal and, and show fire, basically. But they were beaten two goals to one. 
And uh, coming out of that game with 12 shots, 5 on target against Portos, 8 shots, 5 on targets as well, shows that Juventus never really... They were not being clinical with their shots, you know. They were not making the most out of the opportunities they had. Coming out with 66% ball position, they were not making out the most out of their position and out of the shots that they were getting. Unlike Porto, who, who bagged it in, you know, they ensured, they closed it. And... There is always the away, fi- the away fixture coming up for Porto, so they need to hold it, you know. Uh, now, it gives a hurdle for Juventus because they need to ensure that they win by two goals. A 1-0 win won't be good enough, you know, because they'll be playing at home and that away advantage can come out. And, and, and that, that's the seriousness of, this, of the case they're in right now. So, Mr. UEFA Cristiano Ronaldo himself, Needs to wake up and, you know, bag in those goals. A 3-0 victory is what I predict at, at, at Torino next and in two weeks' time. I, I see that happening. It will be a 3-0 victory for Juventus. And just to predict the other ones, I think uh, PSG is going to run away with the 2-1 back at, at Paris. Uh, I think Leipzig is going to either... Okay, now this one is going to be a guest estimate. It's either... Because it's a home game, and Liverpool's home game record hasn't been the greatest, you know. So I think that Leipzig is going to come close, but it will be a 2-1, you know, a 2-1 or a, a, yeah, a 2-1 to Liverpool. You know, where there's going to be that tension, or a, like, you know, that tension in the beginning. You know, like, oh, what's, what's going to happen? You know, like, a, 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 they're going to score the two goals, and then in the last minute... They're banging another one from Mohamed Salah or Mane, making it 3-2 on aggregate. Um, but I think that Liverpool's going to lose their home game. And then I think Dortmund is going to come away victors with a 1-0 victory over Sevilla at home. Now jumping into another co- uh, competition that is as important, if not more important than UEFA Champions League. You know, That's the Europa League. That's the Europa League. You know? And we had some nice games in the Europa League yesterday, you know. M. Tal Alaviv versus Shoko Donetsky. Epic. You know? Uh, RB Salzburg versus Vela Real. Epic. Rangers versus Antwerp. Epic. And out of all these games, Arsenal drew to Benfica. Amazing. <laughs> oh my word. Arsenal. Why? Well, like, I feel like I want to say something good about you every week. But before the show, you find a way, you know. You find a way. You're, you're, you're 1-4 in the weekend, you know. I was getting ready to talk about that. Finally, Arsenal is back. Arsenal 2021. Arsenal for president. You know, that's what I was coming here with. You know, beating Leeds 4-2. You know, maybe I shouldn't be that harsh on them after they lost against Aston Villa. Then you'll go draw, you know, 1-1. And the next game, you're playing at home, which now puts you at a disadvantage here because you can't afford to draw the next game. You'll have to win. It's putting you in a position where you have to win. Uh, so all the best for Arsenal and all the Arsenal fans out there. Uh, I'm not going to throw shade this week. Uh, but Arsenal, uh, you have to pull up your socks here, eh? Um, another massive, massive uh, disappointment was uh, Leicester City versus Slavia Prad. Also ending up nil-nil. Again, that's a sticky situation, you know, because you need to be... You need, these are games you should win. Even your B-side should be winning because of the type of competition that comes in the Premier League and the high-level squad you are, you know. Um, 
Just jumping into another game. Tottenham coming out with 4-1 against Wolfsburg. Man United coming out 4-0 against Real Sociedad. Now, see, that is supposed to be a hard game. We're talking about Real Sociedad, you know? The Bernardo Silva's team, currently fifth in, the, in, the, in La Liga. You know? This team is actually not a, an easy team. This team is actually quite good. And United made, made, made a quick, you know, quick miss, like, you know, cleaned it up very fast. Two goals from your man, Bruno Fernandes, one from Marcus Rashford, and another from Daniel James, as well as the, 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 the debut, you know, the European debut for uh, Almat Diallo. So he was the guy who assigned in um, the winter transfers, but he could only come in in the summer. Uh, he came in from Atlanta. And looking at the few, the few minutes he plays, he actually looks like a very exciting prospect, you know. Uh, he's only 18, and he, he actually, it was, it was quite interesting. That, that looking at the specific runs he made and how he's also very, very fast, you know. He's very fast. And there was this one time where he's running in the wing, and they try to slide him. So he pushes, he pushes the ball under the player. The player slides and he jumps, you know. He shows that he's, he's, very, he's a very intelligent player. You know, he could have just t- jumped and take, taken the fall and, you know, got in a free kick, but he tried to make his way through, you know. And it's very good to see. Currently uh, getting paid $37 million a season. Uh, it's, 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 it's quite good. It's quite good to see a young talent like him doing something out there. And I, I hope to see many more, many, many more of him. Seeing him pair with the lights of Mason Greenwood and uh, it's him and Mason Greenwood looking, are looking like the future of the Man United attack. You know, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to a lot more of, of this young talent. I don't know, like, it's not the fact that I'm a United supporter here. I just love young talent, and this is the opportunity to see young talent at its best. And other news that happened this weekend, uh, the Premier League is done. It's over. There's only now, from last week, we had a 10% chance of hope. It's been taken down to now 5% chance. You know, after... Everton failed to stop the, the lead leaders, uh, losing 3-1. Beautiful, beautiful performance by Phil Foden. Again, young talent doing wonderful things. And United drawing against West Brom, West Brom in the weekend now puts us in a position where we are 10 points behind. You know, And poor Liverpool from being the, 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 the almost undefeated squad of last season to being an entire... An entire 16 points behind the current league leaders. You know? Six points behind second place. Six points behind third place. And this is the shocking part. The goal difference, right? So United is at 19 uh, goals this season. So 19, like the goal difference is 19, right? And Liverpool's goal difference is at 13. For those who don't understand goal difference, it's basically every goal you scored minus every goal that was scored against you. So if you score two goals and the opposition scores a goal, on your goal difference, they're only going to add one because therefore they minus what was scored against you. So Liverpool is only at 13, West Ham at 9, which is normal, but Man United at a whopping 19, Man City at 34 goals. That is impressive for Man City. Only having two loss and five draws. Unlike... Liverpool, who's sitting at 6 loss, 7 draws, and 11 wins. Right behind them is their Mersey counterpart, 
Everton, you know. And going into this weekend, it looks like it's going to be some important matches as there's the Merseyside derby. And the winner will probably take that place here, 37, 38, 39, 40. You know, uh, so that, that, that closes the gap between 7th and 8th place. Uh, this is a very interesting league, you know, because looking at from position number 7 all the way to position number 2, it could be tight. The goal now for every other club is to get to 50 as fast as possible, you know. United's goal, Leicester City's goal needs to be to get to 50 as fast as possible. Their next games need to be wins in order to make sure that they stick into that UEFA position. Because it's very easy for them to drop off. That's one thing people don't understand. It's very easy for them to drop off and, and land at 6th, 7th, 8th. You know, that's our tough competition. Right now, all the way till, uh, from position 5 till position number uh, 11, they all can make it into you, uh, Europa. They're all fighting for that Europa position. You know, because with City going into the City Cup, I mean the Carabao Cup, that could open up position number six as a Europa spot. And teams like um, Leeds United, Aston Villa, West Ham would love those spots, you know. So it's all about getting to that, posi- that, that 50 points. You know, they, once you get there, you know you top half of the table. And now you're just fighting for those one, one of two positions. It's either UEFA or Europa. And as United and Leicester City, they want to keep into UEFA this season, you know. Before I carry on, I want us to listen to this hot, hot tune.
so in this closing segment, we want to talk about Crystal Palace's Wilfred Zaha. So now this is what happened. Wilfred Zaha said that he's going to stop taking a knee uh, during before matches, and he's going to stop wearing the Black Lives Matter um, T-shirts and stuff. And the reason why is that he say he feels like uh, when he so basically the story he says is that when he grew up, his mom told him to stand strong, you know, stand up and stand strong. And he feels like when he's taking the knee, that's not what he's doing. And he feels like it's not enough, you know. It's not enough. It's, now, it's not even now becoming about any social justice thing. It's now something that they just do. And he feels like if he has, if when he gets a bigger platform or when he has the platform that he needs, you know, he's going to, he's going to make change. But he feels like, you know, um, when, you, when he feels like taking a knee is not good enough. It's not, and I, I agree with him, you know. I agree with him. I feel like, again, I get political about things, uh, but I feel like it's just a political tool, you know. Um, it's, not, it's, not, it, it's not like every time people take a knee, people are like, oh, my word, I feel like being less racist. You know, I feel like maybe I shouldn't call this guy a monkey. No, no, no. Um, I don't think that helps with anything. I, li- I understand the gesture because, yes, racism in, 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 in football can get a bit out of hand. And it's for anyone. I'm, uh, I'm a black person and I'm even saying this. It's not only against black people. It's literally for everyone. Because um, with football, it takes you to parts of the world. You know? And in some parts, you look at what happened in, 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 in the, I think it was two, three seasons back, Europa Champions League where Arsenal was versing... Uh, Chelsea and two of Arsenal players did not want to go to the finals because where the finals were being held, they were, go- they were going to get attacked. So now the thing is, and this is where I come in and I'll be like, this is double standard. So if a player knows that they're going to be attacked in this place where the finals is being held, but you still insist of having the finals being held, then why can you then stand for Black Lives Matter? Because now this is double standard. This is actual. And this is not what Wilfred Zaha was saying. But this is me trying to point out the whole thing of action is actually louder. You know? You're saying that, you know, people need to speak up to this social injustice. But here you guys are allowing a finals to be held in a place where they're known for, what you call it, for discriminating against people. And there are, uh, there's members in the, one of the people who are in the finals who are telling you that if it stays there, we're not going to go play. And you're like, you know what? Nah, it's fine. We're going to play there. Why? Because there's, there's other things that are happening in the background called money. That, and that's the reason why I don't want to pull out from that place. You know? So it's all good and well that we want people to take a knee. But these are the things you should be fighting for. And as the federation, you know, as the, the federation that was governing both the teams, because it was an all-English finals, you know? The FA should have come out with a statement saying that we do not support what UEFA is doing as it's, it could be harmful to one of our players. No, they kept quiet. You know, where was taking the knee for Mkhitaryan back then? You know, where was that? Where was the, the Mkhitaryan's life matters as well? Or oh, I forgot where Mkhitaryan is from. Where was, where was those type of people's lives matter? And then he says he was not going to wear the Black Lives Matter tops anymore because he feels like it singles them out. You know, it makes them a target. It singles them out. And he's like, everybody is equal. And if you're now wearing those tops, he feels like he's being, you know, isolated as a group of people. 
and that he feels like that goes against what they're trying to fight. And this follows after Brentford players. So the Brentford players decided that they're going to stop also taking a knee. And they feel like they just players are being used as puppets over here for the, these political tools and stuff. So they feel like they're not going to do this anymore. And I, I'm enjo- I actually, I'm, I'm happy that these, are, these things are happening because um, it goes to something else he, sp- he spoke about that I'm going to highlight now, where it's now, up, it's, if you want something to change, take action. You know, don't just be used as a political tool. You're not changing nothing. You know, when, when I see LeBron James taking a knee and saying all those things about how black lives matter, it's doing nothing. You're not helping anyone, you know. And it goes to the thing that uh, so Zaha urges more players to be like um, Rashford. You know, so it says it's, while Zaha is not really a vocal person, you know, he's, he's like, he likes how, what Rashford is doing where Rashford is fighting for something he cares about and he's against, and I'm also against people who say, no, Rashford must stick to the soccer. No, what he's doing is actually good. And what's nice about it is that he's not just speaking, he's actually doing action. So it was the whole thing of getting food to the, to the people who need it in schools and stuff. Now, obviously, I feel like him wanting to eradicate world hunger is a bit big. But, you know, if, he, if it's in his heart, I'll tell him to go for it. But, yeah. But now, he's not only just doing, speaking about it on social media and how nice it would be and how he thinks that, you know, it's wrong that kids go to bed without it. But he's also doing things about it. He put pressure on the British government to keep those programs and schemes opening. He himself is endorsing people so he, to get them... Um, feeding kids and stuff. You see, there's the action that's following it. He's not just taking a knee or wearing a top about it. He's actually going and doing that. And he's using the platforms. So he uses the platforms he has to build the awareness, and then he follows it with action. And that's what players need to do. If you feel like there's a social injustice, you should number one, obviously check, you know, because some things people fight for are actually stupid. But then you check, okay, no, this is a proper thing. What can I do to fix the matter? You know, and that for me is what's important over here. And yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. Uh, this was a very very awesome show delivered by me, yours truly, the one, the only DJ Stone. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and I'll be seeing you again next week. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>